Hey guys, this episode of the Command Edit Podcast is brought to you by Screenlight. Screenlight simplifies the review and approval process for video editors. Upload your video, share it privately to the client, and receive frame-accurate feedback in a simple, user-friendly environment. Head on over to screenlight.tv slash commandedit to get your free 1GIG account. Anyway, until from like right now, literally right now... <laughs> Until about 8 a.m. tomorrow, I kind of have peace. This is peace time. Uh, A peace has been has been met. And as we're recording, think of a title for this one. I don't know. All right, that'll just come up. I think. Or if it doesn't, I'll make one up afterwards. All right. Cool. So, all good? <sighs> I am finally all good. Take a deep breath. Zone yourself. Yeah. Uh, Find my your audio's chi. fine. Yep. Audio's, dude, my, that yoga class I took on Tuesday, I'm still sore. Oh, let's talk about that as well. <laughs> so, you're new. That was your first yoga? No, I've done a couple. Was it your um, first hot yoga? No, I didn't, it wasn't hot yoga. It was just okay. vin, vin, vinyasa. Vinyasa, so, yeah. It's like, yeah, you probably can explain it better than me, but that's like the third or fourth one I've done, but it's like the first time I've done it, I think, this entire year. Right. Feels good, though. It's, it once does, you, Once yeah. you get into I, it. I mean, I'm sore, but I do feel good. Let's rock and roll. Uh, you lead us off. All righty. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Command Edit Podcast, episode 15, I believe. Good to go with 15. Yeah. One five. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Let me double check that. Yes! I got it right. I can see the storm clouds forming now. Nick was right on the episode number. It can only mean it, bad, something bad. Is it raining in Guelph right now? No, it, it was hailing this week. Oh, yeah. wow. It's, it's raining here in uh, northern Virginia. <laughs> uh, there was a day this week where a shelf cloud came in, and I've, I've got an apartment on the seventh floor with windows all the way around, so I went nuts taking pictures of this thing. It looked like Independence Day, this this giant just black solid cloud streaking across the sky. It was awesome. So is Independence Day, uh, the, the movie, big in Canada? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, it's very, it, it's a patriotic thing, you know, uh, for us Americans. We blowing, take a, blowing up we aliens take is absolutely pride. an American thing. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. We're the only ones that can do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I particularly love that part of the movie. Like everybody was, every other country was just sitting around like, oh man, what are we going to do <laughs> until, yeah, the U.S. called up every country and said, hey guys, try this. We're going to fight them. Brilliant. We had no idea what we were going to do. Thank you. Well, <sighs> you know, the world can thank us now that we're safe. Thanks uh, to Will Smith and, uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Jeff Goldblum. Je- yes. 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 And his trusty MacBook. Yeah. That hacked into the giant alien mothership. And you know the Americans would, would hold that over everyone's heads forever. Oh, and we, we have not even started talking about our topic topics, and we've already digressed way, way, way out there. This is a scheduled digression. This is <laughs> We're allowed to do it. It's the beginning. Absolutely. Right? It's our damn podcast. We'll do what we want. Uh, 
But anyways, we've got a couple different uh, noteworthy articles to talk about. Uh, it's going to be one of those kind of news roundup sort of episodes today because uh, to kind of lighten things up, there are some really interesting things that surfaced in the last week. I try to do my best to wave my net around and catch some helpful links from the internet every once in a while. I told you about how I use my net vibes to uh, subscribe to a whole bunch of blogs and uh, enough interesting ones came about this week, including some new and cool products possibly cool products coming up and uh some blogs on uh, how to make yourself uh how to set yourself to be more productive feel more productive uh when you're working either at the office or at home uh and also an article that had it was one of those top 10 articles on like steps how to become a successful editor like how to that which is like the most general of lists you can find but had one step that that jumped out at me that i really wanted to to chat about because it it seemed a little mm, off so uh anyways we'll talk about this uh first thing uh premium beat is a, a blog that i follow quite a bit and i'm sure josh you do too i'm sure many people do um they are one of the i think the almost spammiest blogs but goddamn their articles are 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 easily to easy to digest they're helpful full of helpful info so can't blame them and I, I can agree with that uh, glowing testimonial of them. Uh, spammy, but yet helpful <laughs> a lot, yeah. in a lot of ways. So they've got this one that I've had open on my my uh, tab for a little while. Uh, the uh, 10 things for your edit video editing suite under $200, which is perfect because that is my binge purchase budget. <laughs> uh, I don't have to think about purchasing things that are $200. I can just go ahead and do it. So we'll include that link if you're looking to spruce up your edit suite, and uh, if you think that you're missing a certain certain something with your desk, then this may be a good way to kind of spruce it up a little bit uh, and make it a little bit more functional. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to run through what the items are? Yeah. Some some of them are very obvious. Some of them yeah. you probably already have. So the first one is a pen tablet. Of course. Uh, I have one of those. You do as well. As I do. Yes. A Wacom, which. You could yep. find one under two hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, my Wacom. I don't know the exact model. It's one of the smaller ones. I mean, that was one hundred, one ten. I think I got it on Black Friday or something. Mm. Um, so that that's when I got it. Uh, I don't use it as much as I should, but I use mine a lot, and it's helped a great deal with my wrist. Plus, it just makes you look more professional. That is true. It, it's nice to just leave it on the desk. Yeah. And I've completely left the, the mouse behind because uh, I found that it really does help with editing, with everything. Um, hmm. And the one I got, I think it's like the the Wacom Intuos Pro Medium. So it's a fairly good size one. I think I I worked at Future Shop for a while and got it on ridiculous. Oh, wait, you don't, uh, know, you don't know what Future Shop is. I have no idea what that is. It's okay. You don't need to know because it closed down this year. Uh, okay. So <laughs> if, is that if, like uh, Radio Shack, Circuit City? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, do you guys have Best Buy down there? Yeah, of course we have Best Buy. Yeah, so Future Shop was like the Canadian Best Buy. Actually, okay. Best Buy owned Future Shop. But then one day they just suddenly, it was like a few months ago, they just pulled the plug. So mm. a bunch of people went to work and realized they were out of a job. And it was it was pretty big. It was like every store across Canada just closed. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That that did not make the news down here, at least to me. Wow. Ugh. Well, so, 
Anyway, moving on, yeah. other things we could buy What's that used one? to be that used to be at at Future Future Shop. What was it? <laughs> hey, you used to get a Future Shop. Yeah. Yeah. So what you used to be able to get a Future Shop uh, that could be a USB hub. Uh, I don't have one of those. Uh, I think between my monitor and my uh, laptop, I have enough. Um, uh, UPS or uninterruptible power supply. Uh, that is important. I definitely need a new one of those. Yeah, um, I have one for the uh, office office, not my home office. Uh, so that is something I do need to invest in. The one I have is just powerful enough. The The battery will run uh, the Mac tower because Mac Pros still draw quite a bit of power. Mm-hmm. So it's enough to keep the tower going in case the power goes out. Everything, All the monitors, everything else shuts off. So I can just like safely shut off my tower. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's really all that matters is get the computer down, get the hard drives down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Is that, is that the ice cream that's, man? That's, yes, yes. That's that's my uh, that's my UPS actually kicking in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the train going by my uh, my by my office. Oh. All right. Uh, we can skip a couple of these. Uh, say quality headphones. Uh, I need to invest mm. in a better pair. Um. Yeah, but you, you have a, you need a new one, right? Quality headphones? Headphones? No, I've got the headphones. I need to replace the speakers is what I need oh, to do. Oh, that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Um, all right. Video editing shortcut keyboard. Um, I recommend that. Now, are, are you the sort of lad who uh, remaps your shortcut keys, though? Oh, yeah. You complete. You can completely remap them. I mean, it's just like a, a either a skin for the keyboard or just a keyboard with, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, I remap the hell out of my shortcut keys, and so I think, you know, okay, the basic ones will be there, but if I remap a whole bunch, which I actually have done today, I, I remap them seemingly every day. So sometimes, you know, so it's like, not exactly um, I know you're pretty much a solo editor, but I mean, for me, every once in a while, uh, I'll have one of my assistant editors. They'll be at my computer, and you know, I'll have Avid open, and they'll be they'll be on it with my settings. Um, and so I, I try and keep all the general keys, the, the non-shift mod- modifier keys, the same. Mm-hmm. So that's like what the keyboard says. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but like everything with a shift modifier, any of the Fs, um, you know, those are all those are all completely custom. Cool. I'd probably get something like this because this particular one that they have here is uh, it's a cool looking one. It's backlit. So like even in the dark, it'll look really cool. Uh so yeah, for real, I would probably get it for more decorative decorative reasons than uh, practical. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the last one uh, let's talk about is a plant. A plant. Yes. Which is really the main reason why I I took to this because uh, a because the reason that they the it's a kind of like a bonus item on the list. Uh, they referenced Leon the Professional, which was one of my favorite movies of all time. And because Leon the Professional plays an assassin whose only friend is a plant and he cares after it very much. So as soon as I read that, I said, yes, I want to be like Leon. So I went and got myself a plant. Uh, and I recently I got a small little plant, not not a big plant. Uh, it's one of those non flower things. Oh, I'm so I'm so terrible at plant names. Uh, but but you get it right next to all the flowers and you don't have to water it that often. So it's it's for, you know, people like me who forget to water their plants. Yeah, that's pretty much what I asked when I walked into the plant shoppery. I just said, what's difficult to kill? And uh, <laughs> she said, here, this one, water it once per week. I said, no promises. Thank you. And uh, that was it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. it for that article. Uh, I think the next one we were going to touch on is over on robertlanford.com. I have never been on this. Nick th- sent this over to me. Um, and neither have and- I. I caught this just kind of wandering around. And by the way, all the links that we're going to be talking about today, you'll be able to find in the iTunes description or even better over on our website, uh, commandeditpodcast.com. So yeah. And it there. is uh, it is entitled Seven Important Steps to Becoming a Hollywood Editor. And uh, Hollywood might be the, the key... Uh, word in this uh but if we take out hollywood um <laughs> they're out of the list of the seven things uh there was one that we wanted to pick on and uh this article is is a little older but uh i mean that's okay and number two on this list of seven important steps to becoming a hollywood editor is move to la or new york and Boo. nick and Myself, obviously, not being in L.A. or <laughs> not being in New York, we take exception to this. Clearly, we're do- we're doing something wrong because we're in neither L.A. nor New York. So, uh, yeah, which is, and I, I don't know, every once in a while, I like to do just a quick blanket search to BOC. I think I was searching for, like, benefits to joining a union because I'm, I'm uh, considering applying to the DGC uh, fairly soon. But, uh and this article popped up, and it is an older one, but you know some of the tools, some of the steps were like, okay, obviously learn the tools, learn how to learn Avid or Final Cut or other, um, and you know one of them was like network, and one of them was become an assistant editor. So you know some of these basic ones, and then move, L.A. New York must be in New York or L.A. Nowhere else. That's where the work is, and that's what the what his opinion came off as is like you know. Uh, it, it's got to be either here or there, and that's where the job opportunities are to really become a serious editor. Ah, does that even hold up? I could, that kid, I could see how if someone suggested that maybe a couple decades ago, that would make more sense. Yeah, but I mean, today, uh, I mean, you can edit from pretty much anywhere. And what we will be talking about later, you can pretty much edit on almost any device now. Uh, that's yeah. for, that's for a few minutes from now, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, definitely a couple of decades ago, you probably did need to be in one of those central hubs if you did want to be on the big screen or you know a smaller screen or a screen of any sort. You're a little uh, closer but, to uh, L.A. How, like, have you ever gotten any sort of opportunities come your way from L.A.? Uh, well, where I am, I am not near... I'm much closer to New York than L.A. Oh, um, sorry. Yes. Yeah. My geography decided to take a break for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're closer to to New York than I am. So have you ever gotten uh, a like a long-distance uh, opportunity from that? Like someone called up and said, you know, I'm going to send you footage. You'll edit this for me. Da-da-da. Um, not necessarily from New York, but, uh, I mean, other other places. Um Definitely. Um, it's actually actually funny. Uh, one of my main clients for my regular job is in New York, and I do go up to New York quite a bit hmm. just to do filming. But then I come back here to Washington, D.C. and uh, and edit everything. Because I think nowadays it's much more common and, and uh, production companies, directors, producers are much more comfortable with someone working on the edit from a distance. Uh I've had people not uh, not large scale projects, but usually for like smaller visual effects compositing, fix this shot, fix that shot. Uh, people send me footage from Vancouver and from Seattle uh, 
to uh, for for me to you know fix up for them. So, uh, yeah, I I think that's actually one of my personal goals. I want to nail a feature. I want to nail a feature edit from either LA or New York. It's probably going to come from LA, but from he- I will work on it from here. So that's I almost, a good goal. I take this. I take this step as a challenge. No, I'm not going to move. I'm going to bring the work to me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get the work and bring it home to to this office right here, my office with my plant and my new glowy uh, keyboard that I'm going to get. Well, I mean, I I feel like 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 me and you were very similar in that we're tied to the communities that we live in. Um, I know you're like you're in there with uh, where you live in Guelph. I mean, you have your own show and all this stuff. And and for me, like my roots are here. I have so many friends and family and just connections that I am not leaving Northern Virginia. So, I mean, if if some big opportunity did come around where, you know, I would have to move, like actually move. Uh, I mean, that that would be a really, really tough decision to make. I'm actually not as grounded here as you think I am. Um and it's almost it's out of pure stubbornness that I haven't moved to Toronto yet. But like I don't yeah, I don't this is going to start sounding really sad, but I don't have a I don't have a family <laughs> here. Uh I I pretty much just have my work. I I do have my friends. I do have some anchors here. Uh but and I've always said I've always maintained to people if the work pulls me, I yep, I'll up and move. So yeah, if someone uh, if someone does, you know, from LA, if one of my friends calls me up and says, Hey, I've got a job here for you. If you move here, then it's yours. Then I would probably up and move. Uh, you know, why not? I'm not going to be as easily able to say yes to something like that forever. So, but, uh, but then I'll always challenge it like, yeah, can I do it from here? No, I only want to move. It's like a last resort. Oh. But, uh, yeah, give me, give me a good job to do. And yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go to hell for it. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> All right. So anybody from hell, send, yes. uh, send Nick some uh, job openings and he'll be there. The the first five circles of hell only, please. Sixth and seventh, you know, a little bit too hot. Yeah, not for me. All right. We have gotten into what? Is, is Plato? Plato, uh, write that. Oh, Look. no. I think that's a, that's my second Dante's Inferno reference yeah. this week. Case report, uh, actually, uh, nine circles of hell in, in Dante's Inferno. I know that. That already came up earlier in the week, so I know that at least a bit. Okay. All right. So um, I do not have our next post pulled up, but I have my notes from it. Uh, but it was all about um, whether or not you should dress up while you work from home. And um, this lady tried an experiment where she, she, well, first she didn't dress up like really at all you know she lounged clothes and whatnot and she did a lot of remote video conferencing and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that she worked from home that's what she did yes and she wanted to see it, it wasn't necessarily like, should you or shouldn't you but does it affect your productivity does it affect uh you know how you compose yourself and so uh your overall mood uh what does it affect if you dress up and how me dress up like fancy night of the town but uh you know uh, dress up nicely, a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, don't lounge around in your pajamas. Or as I often do say, you know, hey, I, I do a lot of my work uh, without pants here because I work from home. No, not true. Uh, but yeah, what are the effects of uh, what you do wear day to day? And how do you present yourself, even if you're not presenting yourself to any clients, if it's just you? Yeah, so uh, I know you work 
pretty much exclusively at home or either on set. And obviously on set, you're going to have your pants on. Um, but <laughs> you think. <laughs> but when you're you when hope. you're at home, when you're at home, uh, director or producer isn't there and you're by yourself, it's it's, you know, three in the afternoon. Um, what are you typically wearing? Uh, I mean, is it is it like your athletic shorts and a wife beater or, or what do you got going on? I always make a point. I don't like you know, if you look at me right now, like uh, this is this is my office wear. Like I'm I'm wearing nice jeans. I'm wearing you know a shirt that hopefully won't offend anybody. Uh, you know I still do quote unquote get ready for work in the day. So I, you know even for freelancers who work remotely, who work at home, or for people who go into the office, I think it still stands that yeah, obviously how you you know if you get prepared for work, your mind is then just then prepared. So if I crawl out of bed and, you know, in my PJs and, you know, a messy shirt sit in front of my desk and try to do some work, you know, my body's not into it. My brain's not into it. So I think that's something that a lot of people understand already. But uh, it was interesting the that, you know, this woman decided to go through these steps of testing, measuring, how, you know, how does it affect my productivity day to day? Um, and not only that, but she also played around with... Uh, the layout of her desk as well, because yeah, she does a whole lot of uh, teleconferencing. So she, rather than uh, keep the background as just her, you know, messy bedroom, she put up a nice divider. So yeah, it wasn't just you know, present how she presents herself. It's also, uh, I guess, like the whole set design <laughs> of her room, of her office, uh, if you will. So yeah, I find that uh, I, you know, in order to get down to work, I've got to still go through the, st the same steps that everybody else does when they're going to the office. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the days that I do work from home, um, those days that I cherish so much uh, when I don't have to do a three-hour commute, um, I I still try and get ready like normal. Uh, pretty much, I, I don't feel like I'm functioning at 100% until I've showered and put on at least, you know, a nice T-shirt and pants of some sort, jeans or, uh, you know, like nice shorts. Um, and that's typically my at home wear. But I mean, when I'm just sitting there in my athletic shorts and a uh, wife beater that I was joking about earlier, um, I mean, yeah, I'll probably just be sitting there with my laptop, but, but I'm just not in work zone yet. Effect on you and how you will be mentally prepared for the day, but also of course affects your clients. So which would you rather do business with? Someone who takes the time to actually, you know, uh, you know, dresses for the job, or you know, if someone were sitting in front of you, even teleconferencing. If if we were skyping right now, Josh, and you saw me sitting here in my, you know, epic meal time T-shirt, which is my morning time T-shirt, and my pajama pants, messy hair, and oh, I'll shower after this. Of course, what are you gonna say? Right. Other than. Hey, Nick, that's how you look every single day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, is I, it... I would much rather work with uh, the Nick who is composed and not in his uh, whatever epic meal shirt. Ah, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, so the, it doesn't uh, directly relate to film editing, but for people who go into the office or who work from home, it uh, gives you a little bit of food for thought for how to, yeah, how to actually uh, dress for the part. Even if no one's going to be watching you. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you work from home and uh, you do something different, if you uh, you digress from our opinions, uh, I mean, let us know. Uh, let's let's start a conversation about it. Uh, love to hear you uh, at Command Edit on Twitter. Nice plug for that. I am definitely not going to be wearing like a suit and tie anytime soon. Let me tell you. Uh, but... I don't even own a suit. Really? No I mean, I, I, I have sports coats and uh, ties and I put together an outfit, but uh, I don't own a suit like a full suit. Everyone's got to have a suit, man. I have a suit, but I don't use it. <laughs> See, exactly. Why do, why do I want to spend $600 on a suit I'm not going to wear? Actually, I have, I have a very, very fancy wedding coming up, and I am debating whether or not to buy a suit or to rent a tux or something. Mm, I will say, for the very few times that it does get worn, that, that I do wear it, it there's nothing like... Slipping on a you know a well fitting suit suit jacket with the pants and the whole bit. That's 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 one good reason to do that. But just every once in a while, I'm definitely actually I'm probably gonna get my suit jacket out now and uh, wear it for the rest of the day at my desk. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we have two more articles slash topics we want to touch on, yep. and um, the 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 first one of those two is touch edit. Yeah, and, so these uh, are some new toys that came out uh, this past week. And I try to go easy on the whole sort of unboxing slash, uh, you know, new software, let's talk about it sort of thing. But these things crossed my mind and couldn't get them out of my head, for better or for worse. So yeah, the Touch Edit app is an app that uh, has come out for the iPad. And I don't do... I, you know, I shoot a little bit of fun video to post to Instagram and stuff for the iPhone, iPad. Very, very, very little, though. So this is a, an app uh, which is a frame-accurate video editing system for the iPad that uses timecode to export the project to other NLEs. So in order to use it, uh, users have two monitors, the source, the record monitor, uh, traditionally that you see in, in most NLEs, uh, and uh, you control it uh, with some basic controls, so these two film strips that you move around. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just use it with your fingers and you can edit as per normal. The way it's set up, the way it's presented, um, is it, it, they make it look like, yes, you can edit, you know, uh, so it also makes it look like uh, Thor and Iron Man and some of these big movies were, like they mentioned these movies, it makes it sound like, yes, these movies were edited on an iPad. Um, are, there, um, are there tracks or I guess uh, a hierarchy of layers? In there? I, do, I don't do think know? it's. I don't think it's. No, it's not that complicated. It's very bare bones, so it's it's really literally like all you see. And we'll include a a, a frame grab in the in the blog if you want. To, guys, want to go check it out. But it literally is like top left your source, top right your your timeline monitor, and then the two film strips below that, and mm. you just kind of yeah. It's it's very 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 basic. Obviously, because it's just the iPad and you just use your fingers. Yeah. Um. um. And I guess my my super hot take on it is if there's if there's a really good workflow with my NLE with with Media Composer, for example, and I can, you know, grab the footage that I shot that's already in Media Composer and I can lay in bed one night and put together, uh, you know, like a cuts only, you know, first draft edit of something. And then I can in the morning just sync up my iPad uh, with media composer and the sequence will be there you know what i i would give that a shot 
Um, at this moment, I'm highly questionable something seamless like that exists or will exist soon. Um, but when it does, all right. Uh, I think it was, what, 25 bucks? Uh, I think, I think yep. that's worth it. Yep, it's 25 bucks, and the uh, creator, the designer of the app, is uh, a Hollywood professional editor. His name's Dan Lebenthal, Lebenthal uh, who has worked with uh, like John Favreau on some of these movies before on like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Elf. Um, and so, uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I'll use it just for maybe a lark. I don't know if I'll just, I'll be willing to try it out just for 25 bucks, but it looks like something that like, like you said, you can, if you want, if you're anywhere, but your desk and you happen to have your iPad out and you happen to have the footage available on the iPad, then you can, uh, edit some scenes. And when you're ready, when you're back at your desk, you can export uh, and bring it over to, I think they said you can, it's compatible with Final Cut X. Uh, not sure if it's compatible with anything else, but you can uh, continue your work on Final Cut X back on your computer and finish your project from there. So uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm away from my desk and I, all I have is my iPad. I'm not thinking, well, I'm going to do some work with this. Uh, I, I don't know of any instances where that would ever happen for me. Yeah, I mean, what what whatever it is, I just want it to be seamless. Like, whatever I add into any of my workflows or anything that I do now, I mean, I just want it to fit in with what I'm already doing. I don't want to have to change a process. So, you know, if I, the first thing I do is I import into my NLE and then I relabel stuff, et cetera, et cetera. If, if I can just maybe plug in one step, which is, in the iPad and it sucks it all in. Yeah, cool. yeah. I, I would be okay with that. But if I'm okay, I have to go select the iPad, you know, select everything, pull it in, okay, check these boxes. And then when I bring it back, oh, do I have to check? Did it mess anything up? Did it overwrite something that I didn't want it to? Apparently, it is It is really, really easy to, uh, easy, as easy as it gets, like to import footage onto your iPad to start working with and vice versa, take your project out of it and toss it back into Final Cut X to continue with it. And they, there's added uh, functionality to it where if you're just on the iPad, you can actually HDMI output to uh, a separate monitor. So if you know, your clients can watch as well while you're editing on the iPad, which begs the question, what would your client think if you're editing their project on an iPad? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I could see, I would never do this. I won't use the, I won't use this app. I won't, buy it I, I don't think i'd ever try it out if i got it for free maybe, maybe i'd try it out but this and the next thing we'll, we will be talking about is interesting because we're seeing this push to uh where technology is going to go how easily it's you know are we even going to be working on computers in uh, in a few years i do think this next one is really cool uh do you want to talk about it sure and it's kind of in the same vein um it is the narbox which yeah, I got mixed feelings about. So what the Narbox is, it allows your phone. It's a it's a device that you uh, that accompanies your iPhone or smartphone, uh, and makes what uh, what is called a uh, what was it a dumb monitor, dumb terminal. Uh, yeah, dumb yeah, terminal out of your iPhone. And I'm new to this term, but uh, apparently, dumb terminal means uh, uh, basically with the iPhone you will operate. The Narbox and the Narbox handles all the processing of all the footage that you're uh, that you are then editing. So your your iPhone is essentially a cinema display for a laptop, which is my setup. 
yes, cinema display and you yeah. know, all the controls are there. Yeah. Um, so right now the Kickstarter for Narbox, uh, actually, I'm not even sure if it's been fulfilled yet. Let me check. But uh, it was, oh yeah, it skyrocketed. Uh, it is seven days ago as of the time of this recording, and it they have reached almost $400,000, which is four times as much as their goal. So I think they're going to be fulfilling orders for a very, very long time. But uh, the biggest uh, claim with this is that you can, using the Narbox, edit GoPro Hero 4K footage using your phone out in the field. And then, and then post it right then and there. And then post it, yeah. yeah. So let's just take a second to talk about how uh, there's a video that, that shows how easy it is to go ahead, edit your footage, 4K footage on an iPhone, and then post it publicly. So when would you ever, who is, who's going to be using this? <laughs> that, that is true. Um, and, and who has a data plan that big? <laughs> That's true. Well, that's the, you're editing 4K, and then you're probably going to crush it down to 720p before you upload it anywhere anyways. Before you <laughs> edit 4K footage and then post the clip to, to Instagram. I would do that just to be a dick. <laughs> oh, I, this, this was a long time ago. It was probably a year or two ago. I remember seeing a meme or, or something, and it was uh, like a, a GoPro commercial at the top and it was like you know a guy like in a hang glider jumping off a cliff with their gopro and it was like what you when you like buy a gopro this is what you think you're going to be doing and then what you actually do with a gopro it's like you sitting there with your dog on the floor yeah 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 so the people who are true adventurous types this looks like it it's catering directly to and only to the uh yeah the adventurous sports crowd who have a GoPro footage and actually do take advantage of taking beautiful 4K footage and for some reason can't wait to get home to edit the footage and post it. So I imagine you know those guys who just like who just travel, do nothing but travel for 8 months and don't return home, who sleep in hostels and all they're doing are just jumping off cliffs, jumping off waterfalls, bungee jumping and they're you know just this just adrenaline junkies. That is, is who I'm seeing the Narbox is for. Like I just I just shot this wonderful GoPro 4K footage of me skydiving and I simply cannot wait until I get back to civilization to post it. I must post it now. I I agree with you. Um I do I I like the concept. Um and I like that All right, so between the touch edit and the the NAR box, I felt that touch edit was was trying to cater towards a professional editor. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have professional editing capabilities. Uh, I mean, you're going to be pretty, you know, it, it sounds like cuts only all that. But with the NAR box, like, yeah, you know, you're going to be cuts only. And they tell you that, you know, it's very iMovie-esque. Um, and it's very prosumer consumer level. Um, and that's why I think that marketing works for me. What the marketing of the Narbox? The Narbox, yeah. you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Is, it's, is that yeah the concept, the technology, the the capabilities that you have with it? That is what intrigues me. I won't buy it because it's not for me. There's never a time that I'll ever 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 use that. But it's one step closer to question mark. Whether I don't know what that question mark is, but the whole you know, the whole idea that someday you're uh, hell, we may actually uh, have a very mobile solution for all for you know a lot of our editing 
right now. I can see something in the near future, something like a setup involving something with a Narbox and an iPad, like if you're out on a corporate site for a day. Uh, so hell, you could have like an editor on site, uh, like editing footage using the iPad so that like while you're shooting, you're, you know, dumping footage, they can be editing right on site so that by the time you leave or like doing one day edits for weddings or, uh, you know, something like that. I could see that being the basic first step with this technology, but it goes to show, uh, that yeah, the technology is getting smaller and more mobile, uh, because the, the Narbox, for, for instance, it boasts, it's a quad-core 2.2 gigahertz CPU, 8-core uh, GPU, 4 gigs of RAM, 120 gigs of flash storage, two USB, three ports, uh, an SD and a micro SD slot, that, and a battery that lasts up to eight hours. I mean, that's practically a laptop. Oh, so, yeah, completely. Yeah, like, that's... That, that's uh, a reasonably powerful like if i had a laptop with those specs that would be the lap i would buy that to edit not 4k footage but uh yeah i would uh, i would buy that for some editing out in the field so yeah it's getting you know that again i see this technology is like this probably won't sell well i think that obviously tons of people have bought it i don't think it's i think it's going to fizzle out and die the narbox i don't think it's going to take off unless they do something drastic for to upgrade it for the next release which I don't see them getting out right away because they now have $400,000 worth of orders to fulfill when they aim for $100,000. So yeah. like many Kickstarters, they'll probably be fulfilling orders forever and they won't be able to update it for a number of years. So someone mm -hmm. else is going to come along, see this, take the technology and take it a step further. Completely, yeah. Whatever uh, version 2.0 of this technology, I think it, it will be beneficial for the masses. You know, like Google was not the first search engine, you know, but they, they figured it out. They they took, you know, Ask Jeeves and, and whatever all those other things were way back in the day, and they made a good product out of it. So, and, and the same thing, it's going to be for this, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So there's still seven days going on. So when this episode comes out, there will only be a few days left for the Kickstarter, but you can pledge... <laughs> Uh, I think it's just uh, $149 US will get you a Narbox. So still, like, for $149, you're getting something powerful enough that can process 4K footage. Yeah, and you're skydiving 4K footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably edit and post that, that clip before you even hit the ground. You know, float gently to the ground. No, not, don't, not want to imply that your parachute didn't open. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so it's it actually you know what for 150 bucks if I had 150 150 bucks to blow I'd probably just buy one anyways that again it's under my 200 binge impulse buy limit so I'm kind of tempted. I would probably buy a second plant. That for 150 bucks what plant would you buy? Uh, maybe buy a couple. <laughs> well, in all honesty, the Narbox would probably basically become like a paperweight. Very similar to a houseplant. You could probably just put, you know, put a houseplant on top of it for 150 bucks. Huh. But yeah. So if you guys want to go check that out, we'll include the link over to the the specs for it and also to the Kickstarter. If you feel like blowing 150 bucks to go get one, absolutely go for it. And all the links that we've talked about uh, today will be included over there as well for your reading pleasure. So click away. So uh, to recap, uh, so 10 things to buy for your video editing workspace. I think the number one thing that Nick and I agreed on is a plant. A plant. And the number two thing may be a pen tablet of some sort. 
and then our next article was uh, seven important steps to becoming a Hollywood editor. Nick and I disagree with the author saying you do not need to live in New York or L.A. to be a successful editor. Let's revise that list to six important steps. Six, maybe. Yeah. six important steps. Yeah. Yes. Six important steps and one not important step. Um, uh, next, uh, we talked about whether or not you should dress up while you are working from home. And we both agreed that it is beneficial and we both feel more productive and more like humans when we do. Well, I didn't say but like humans, but uh, sure, sure. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. And then we touched on two kind of new technologies, the touch edit for the iPad and the NAR box for your 4K GoPro footage. <laughs> if you buy one of the NAR boxes, we want to hear from you and we want to know how you're going to be using it uh, and when you expect to get it. Because let's face it, you know, you might not get it for like another year at this point. But yeah. uh Absolutely. If you're gonna, if uh, if you checked out any of these and you got any notes for us, if you got any uh, opinions on what you thought of this, whether you like to wear pants at work or not, or you like the Touch Edit app, or if you do have a plant kicking around your office and you enjoy it as much as we do, then please feel free. You can write us at commandeditpodcast at gmail.com or on the Twitterverse at commandedit. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you enjoy the uh, the sounds of our voices and the wonderful things that we're saying from time to time on this podcast, there is something that you can do to help us out greatly. Hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It's very simple. takes less than three minutes out of your day. I challenge you to spend uh, less than three minutes just uh, giving us a few kind words and a five-star review. Uh, the reviews, of course, we get them, we read them, and we feel better and happy about ourselves. And also, it helps with uh, visibility for the podcast overall. So that is how you can help with the podcast. Uh, and all, as always, with the uh, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, head on over to commandeditpodcast.com. Yeah, so a little inside baseball for you guys. This episode almost didn't happen. Uh, these stars aligned, and Nick and I, <laughs> we, 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 we figured out we had one hour together. It's and we're been, like, let's yeah. do it. It's been, it's been a hellish, hellish week. But, uh, yep, you know, this narrow window as, as, you know, it was almost like two trains passing by, and we had this small time, so, small window that we had to... Uh, uh, I guess like hop from one train to the other, but yes. So I'm yep. I'm completely uh, excited we got this in. I hope you guys found some value in it. Um, and I mean that's it for me. Well, thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, once again, I'm Nick, and I'm Josh. See and ya. you're you. See ya. <laughs> one day. <we'll> nail it. <laughs> no, never, never, never. Uh, one day we will nail the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>